Have you noticed recently yeah. that there's been a lot of videos on TikTok, Instagram Reels, that feels like we're pitting men and women against each other? 100%. And I feel like there's been an uptick in the past year or two years. Man, it's gotten worse. I don't know what it is, but I keep seeing videos, especially like the Hustle and Fit podcast. The Fresh Fit. Fresh and Fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad for botching it. Um, but I feel like what happens now is every podcast gets a group of girls in the room and a group of like three or four guys in the room and they basically just come at each other for all their deficiencies. But you know what my problem is? Is it, it's so, it's so far from reality. It's, it's like the, the, the group of girls that they have on or the, the group of guys that they have on, it's just not. It, you know, they, the people that they have on, it's not like, you know, they go and they pick up your, your random girl on the street and they don't, the same thing. They don't pick up some random dude off the train, right? They pick a guy with a Rolex, <laughs> some sort of business who looks flashy, mm-hmm. right? They pick only mod, only fans models yeah. and, and, you know, girls that model on Instagram, you know, it, it's not your local librarian. And even the characters I've seen who do portray that only at like they, they put them in a situation where it's just about men versus women and it's not it just doesn't I don't think it's productive to society. I don't either. I think I brought it up because I like the fact that we kinda stay away from at least that side of things on our podcast. Yeah. Because I just feel like it's oversaturated now. I feel like almost every podcast I see has to have a discussion between men and women about men and women things. And in reality, I think like at the end of the day, we're one team. We're all trying to do this together. You know, man need men need women as much as women need men. I think it's like a equal paradox that we have going on. So I just wanted to start it off with that because I feel like even lately, most of the podcasts I see on TikTok or Instagram are. Men against women. It's annoying too, you know. Like, I miss the days where my like Instagram reel was, honestly, like it was, it was only things that I was like sports, like non, like non-controversial things, where where taking up my Twitter, and now I think all honestly all over social media, it's always something super opinionated, mm-hmm. and I think the broader the broader issue is is just the the people you see on there aren't like they don't live and breathe like I, my favorite so i saw this tiktok the other day that was like someone this woman got on and she said can someone actually explain to me what a like a real day in a life of living here is like i don't want to see your river north starbucks and your pastry at lunch and your coffee chats and i don't want to see that like what's your like what this this can't how do you afford this like there's no way and this this woman responded stitched it and was like yeah so i wake up at six i have to be on the train by 6 30 i get to work by 7 30 and i work and then i basically have two hours of my day that's free that i use to go to the grocery store clean my apartment and get ready for tomorrow <laughs> and i don't have friends over and i just go to bed and then tomorrow i'm gonna wake up at 6 30 do it again. I, I don't get a Starbucks in River North. I make my coffee in the morning or whatever. And I don't go to some random yoga class at 2 p.m. on a Thursday. 
you know, I, I have to get my gym session in at like nine or 10 PM at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that. Yeah. That is real. Like that is real. The whole like Forex business type. You know, and I'm serious. Like this whole reality is not, none of that's real. Yeah. None of it's real. No, I love that. I think that's a really good TikTok idea for the both of us. Yeah. Cause I feel like we both live a similar life to <laughs> yeah, that. Like, like I wake up at six, I go to the gym, I go to work all the way yeah. till the night and then I do one or two things I go to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no like there's no world that we live in where we have 2 hours to go to Starbucks and check out every neighborhood in Chicago and we don't work a 4-hour day where it's just answering emails all day. I've seen a plenty of those TikToks too and those are just so disconnected from reality. It's crazy. Oh, dude, the, my favorite is the answering emails one. <laughs> Well, first I eight thirty. I get it. I get it. You know, I've had my inbox blown up, and it's taken me a while to kind of get the ship in the right direction. But the the amount of people like our age or younger, mm-hmm. like you, you don't get that many emails. You know, you're no. your manager. You're leading projects. You're responsible for for cl- You're the lead on clients. Like I expect your inbox to be juiced. Juiced. You're the junior analyst. Calm, calm down. Yeah, bro. Out of my three jobs out of college so far, the Amazon job was the one where I got the most emails. I would probably get like anywhere from four to 500 a day. And that's because like I would get all these random like operations emails that nobody ever looks at. You quickly file them away and you move on with your day. But personally for me, out of all those four to 500 emails, I probably got like three or four that were directly to me. Right. So it was never like, even at the... Even the most emails I got at the one company I worked at for a year, it was still, I still wasn't getting like a boatload of them directed at me personally. Like, I think, you know, it's, it, you, your inbox gets blown up when it's like, I think it's like, a, like the group chat. Some of the group chats we're in, if you don't look at it for a day, there's 40 messages, I know. 50 messages, no. 60 messages. And I feel like that is when you can start complaining. Mm-hmm. Like you're away for two hours and. Now there's 40 emails in your inbox. You're like, what What just happened? I know, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. You brought a really good point up about reality I wanted to go back to because I saw a tweet the other day that was like, I feel like too much now the culture is you need to be an entrepreneur. You need to start your own business. You need to do this and that. But I think people have lost the sight of the fact that you can still be a hustler at a nine to five. 100%. Um, and I saw this tweet and it, I liked it a lot, not because of the entrepreneur thing, because I do at one point want to run off, do my own thing, okay. as you know, I'm sure most do. Yeah. But the reality is, like, to run off and do your own thing, you kind of need to be bankrolled, one. Yeah. And two, you probably need to develop those skills in a nine to five setting, like nine times out of 10. It, or it's one of those where it's like more than likely the skills needed to be developed are in that setting. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, bro. So it's like, I think um, I think while pushing entrepreneurship is amazing, and I I think we're probably going to do that more and more on this podcast. But I think there I think there's too many people who probably belong in a nine to five who are thinking of like entrepreneurship, and maybe it's just not for them. Maybe they just need to grind out the nine to five. But there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's that's a thing I think a lot of people on social media get twisted these days too. It's like this, it's like there's something wrong with a nine to five, and I don't think that's true. I think what people want is is the freedom. Yeah. It's what we all want, right? It's like why if you ask most people why do you want to be rich? It's 
so that they can do things when they want to do things. Mm -hmm. Just put it simply, right? And I think how you get there, it it could be a it could be a million different ways, right? Like I mean, by all technical means, the the guys in the NFL and the NBA are employees, yeah. right? You know, it, but at the same time, they're driving their own career, mm -hmm. right? You know, and and so I think, I think. I, the issue that our generation had is we thought it was easier than it is mm -hmm. to do all that type of stuff. Because like if to be real, bro, if it was that easy to start a business and start making six figures off the bat and get to seven figures and, you know, I see these ambitious goals of I see people, you know, like I'm going to start a six figure business and then it's going to I'm going to turn to a seven figure business in a year. And it, I think the simple question that goes back to what you're saying is, is, is you know, building skills. And, and a lot of that happens in a nine to five setting because it's like, how? Yeah. What? How are you going to get someone to pay you money so that you make a million dollars a year? Mm -hmm. And really, I think most people don't have anything that people are willing to pay them for until they build it. Yeah. Whether it's a product, whether it's a service. I. Most people who graduate college don't have, and that, when I'm saying that they don't have it in them, I think everybody does if they yeah. want to or not. But what can you produce right now? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, bro, like the guys, the guys who are out there who can make the best pizza will get paid. But they have to make that pizza under somebody. Yeah. You know. No, it's so true. I um, he that's a really good point. I just think our generation our society is so caught up in like forcing entrepreneurship when in reality there's just you know the amount of people who actually that probably one percent of people who can actually go out there and be successful with it, it it's there's levels for sure and i think it's a lagging thing too right the economy was great besides oh wait the economy was great for a good amount of our life and a lot of people went and started their own business and made a lot of money you know, not everybody failed. And while 80% of small businesses fail in the first year, a lot of people, I think that that, that moved, that, that number moved. And a lot of people, I mean, we all know, that started their own successful business. So I think it's a product of that. And, and there were, it, it was a lot more taboo back in the 80s and the 70s because of kind of where everybody came out of. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a bad time. The only, the only option was to, to, to really get a job until there was more opportunity created for the solos, those those people really thrived in our environment due to technology and due to the opportunity, I think. Yeah, no, great points. Um, moving on to kind of building your own business, Barstool Sports got reacquired by Dave Portnoy for a dollar. Now, well, yeah. obviously, it's not what the headline says. There's a lot of red tape uh -huh. underneath. But I wanted to talk about that a little bit because... I think after looking back on it, it is a pretty good deal for both sides. Um, and I think the coolest part of that deal that nobody's talking about is Dave, since like 2012 or 2013, don't quote me on this, hasn't owned 100% of Barstool Sports. No, and he said that. He hasn't owned the company since he did his first like equity deal way, way back yeah, then. Exactly. So I think that's the coolest part that nobody's talking about is he just acquired 100% of his business that he hadn't even owned for 10 plus years i'm trying to get i'm trying to pull up the full the full term so i don't misspeak mm -hmm. but 
uh, I think I, I agree with you, man. I think it was a fantastic deal. Yeah. The one part that's a, a little iffy for me, there's a non-compete. So now I think what's going to happen is the Barstool Sportsbook is going to get acquired by ESPN, and they're going to rebrand it, rename it to ESPN Sportsbook. And now Barstool cannot engage in any type of sports betting activity, essentially. So I'm just going to quickly skim through this journal article that yep. details the ESPN deal, right? So mm -hmm. the $2 billion deal allows to allow its brand to be used in Penn Entertainment's online sports book. So kind of just what you just said. Uh, Penn Entertainment, whose shares surged more than 20% after hours on the news, said its Barstool Sportsbook app would be rebranded as ESPN this fall as part of a 10-year agreement. In addition to $1.5 in cash over the term of the agreement, ESPN will receive warrants worth about $500 million to purchase shares in Penn. The move marks a sharp pivot for Penn, which has struggled to secure market share in the competitive U.S. sports gambling industry. Uh, ownership of Barstool Sports 2 founder Dave Portnoy in exchange for 50% of the proceeds on any future sale of the media brand, Penn acquired Barstool as part of a pair of transactions valued at a combined $550 million. So, yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. Because Portnoy's brand's associated with the Barstool, and ESPN basically said, We don't want you. Carve out <laughs> Dave Portnoy <laughs> yeah. from the deal, which, you know, carve outs happen all the time, mm -hmm. right? Companies want to acquire other businesses, but they don't want all of it. They just want certain parts for their own personal reasons. In this case, they wanted the face of the, <laughs> the franchise. They just wanted the customers mm -hmm. without the main guy, which, I mean, we've talked about ESPN's lack thereof uh, ability the past 10 years. Yeah. The problems going on over there, and I don't want to beat that horse in, but it makes sense, I yeah. think, on their front to get rid of Portnoy. And I think it's fantastic for Portnoy because you know what? I don't think he so he says he's never gonna sell it again. <laughs> he sold it like four times. <laughs> the, the issue really becomes is that that Penn is entitled to fifty percent. Yeah. And I believe that said proceeds. Mm -hmm. Right? So he'll lose money if he sells. And probably a significant amount of change. I think what I think happens, and this is just a guess, is he keeps it for a while and he grows it more to his vision. And I think it's more than the multiple than it's worth now. Mm -hmm. And he sells a piece. And because he sells a piece, it triggers something. And Penn will be made whole in some way. But I don't see him selling, controlling interest in that company ever again. No. I mean, dude, for what it took for him to get back to this point, there's no way I see him selling. And I just, for me, like, I've never really understood the barstool business model. I get probably most of their revenue comes from ads or ad spend. Yeah. So that's probably the bulk. Product, too. Product. It's true. Merch. But, like, in reality, I don't know about you, I don't, I know there's diehard bar, barstool fans out there, people who will tune into every single show that they drop, every podcast, things like that. But I really don't know how profitable those things are for them and at the end of the day. Uh, I think it is because of the intangible benefit of the brand. Okay. I think, you know, right there, maybe their army isn't as strong as it once was. Or may maybe it is. I know their base is larger. For sure. 
But I think, and Pornoy kind of said it on his emergency press conferences, it, what, it's kind of going back to what got the brand there, was there was a storm of people willing to buy all their gear that would listen to all their podcasts. And you mm-hmm. gotta, I mean, think about it, right? Joe Rogan doesn't have to sell merchandise to have to get paid 200 million over five years it's true for one podcast right and i think that yeah while the viewer base may not be as large as rogan on each individual podcast over its whole right i that revenue is it's just untapped really yeah it's it's a constant stream every part of my take is going to have four ads that target that user base like so well, mm-hmm. right? A, co- a company that does that pretty well in the space is like Manscaped. I'm sure you've seen. Yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah. personally use their products, but I'm sure you've seen their ads on specific people's, you know, pages and podcasts. And it's like, yeah, I mean, dude, that would make sense. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think if you pull out probably the top three podcasts at Barstool, I think they. It's tough. It's brutal. It's tough. Because I think you take out part of my take. Million dollars worth of game, and I can't even name a third. Maybe pick them, because I feel like that one's pretty popular. Dude, I don't even. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, for me, man, I don't know. I and I also feel too like Dave Portnoy is the driver of that business. He is that business. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what happens when Dave turns sixty, and he doesn't want to fucking make content anymore, and you're left with all these guys who are like, you know, mediocre. Uh, they're not. They're not big names. Best show in sports, though. What's that? They had the best show in sports. They do. Advi- well, dude, no, Dave, they're Dave's they're not even going to be on it this year. Stop. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, last year, from what I did see, like after week five, um, they kind of did a rotation of people on the third spot. And um, I fo- I follow their Twitter page, oh. and he wasn't even on the promo uh, picture. So I think he's done doing it. Unless, like, maybe now he's reinvigorated. Advisors got him into a lot of trouble. It did. You know that show was supposed to be on ESPN? (laughs) Some of the episodes. (laughs) They said that, too. Yeah. One of the the bad ones was like, you know, this show was supposed to be on TV. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I I mean, I do want to go back, though, on the ESPN side. Ballsy bet over here. Big, big bet. And I think that's one way to get into gambling, right? I think if they had to grow their homegrown ESPN gambling base, regulations and all the red tape aside, to build a base in gambling is very, it's very hard. It's a it's lot tough. harder than people thought. Mm-hmm. And look at Illinois, right? It went from as soon as sports gambling got legalized, the amount of books that we have here, right? We have uh, Bat Rivers, which is Penn. It's a that's Penn Energy. Oh, really? Rivers, I believe, is Penn Entertainment. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, the new one <laughs> opening up in Chicago, which is... Grand uh, Victoria, Bally's. Grand Victoria, Caesars, right? Uh, in terms of sports books, too, we have DraftKings and FanDuel. Points bet. Points bet and MGM and Caesars. And I, 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 yeah, that's tough nine, out there, man. Nine sports books. And the thing is, is in, in, in for instance, Great Britain has always had sports betting, right? Same thing. There's just like there's Bet Fred and William Hill and Bet three six five and it's uh at, at some point there's only so much you can win and that's why dude that's why the six to five and in, in, in Vegas started happening mm-hmm. Caesars is still in trouble 
It's still in trouble. But it's like, how do you compete with the guy next to you? How many Bellagios can you build? It's true. You know? So uh, I, I feel bad, though. Dave, Dave should probably run a sports book full time. Yeah. I think he should. I, I know. It was a, I think it was a really good fit, like Barstool Sportsbook for the brand and for everything. And that could have been their moneymaker. But at the end of the day, like, I was reading a couple articles on it. One, like, the pen acquisition, like, didn't produce anywhere near to the return they thought it was going to. No, and look when they bought it. I know. Yeah. Like 2020, yeah. pretty much, yeah. yeah. Peak, peak business time. Yeah. Dude, I think Barstool had like 7% of the market share in Illinois. And like DraftKings and FanDuel was like 46% and like 32. Right. So it's like they weren't really making any headwind. Mm -hmm. I know they just moved their HQ to Chicago, but like I don't know what that means. Maybe it's just cheaper real estate. I, That's I, That could be it, getting out of New York. Yeah, couldn't even tell you. Um, but yeah, man, I think they stay. You keep the company private. Yeah. Do what you got to do. And, you know, ride it out as long as you can, Dave Portnoy, because you are the face of that business. And, and to be fair, like, I, I I, find it hard for anybody of a public figure like that to have a public company. The Rock could have a public company. <laughs> Daramana? Right? Yeah. He knows to not say things that will get him in trouble. And and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't... I'm, respect Portnoy for all the things that he said that are way outlandish, that are way out there. But a guy like The Rock can have a public company. Bill Gates can have a public company. These guys who are very modest <laughs> can have their public companies because it, it's good for public shareholders. A guy like Dave Portnoy is not good for public shareholders. No. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. He's a back of the he's a back of the room type of guy. He's not gonna walk in there all suit and tied if he's trying to make a deal. He's gonna you guys are going to be cussing and, and, and betting on games before the deal is actually done. That's true. Back to ESPN just for one second. I think the demise of ESPN happened when they were acquired by Disney. I mean, Disney's not in a good spot either. No. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's funny because there was like a public on like the journal and all these places I was seeing that Apple or, or somebody else trying to acquire Disney. I could not fathom a Disney being acquired. That that's that it, it blows my mind. But yeah, man, I don't think I think it was ambitious to bring in ESPN. We remember ESPN as more cutthroat, and Disney was not really. They were trying to break into that sports market. And I just don't think when you're when you're mixed up too much in the other side of the business i don't i think you're right yeah it, it just from my point of view man it just it really doesn't make sense like they're a fucking theme park at the end of the day a theme park with a huge ent entertainment portion of their business like their movies pixar that is fucking disney yeah. it's not really like let's get the nba because we think that that's going to bring, like, younger viewers. I don't know. I don't really know. But they the, obviously know more than me. You, but you but. make a good point, though, right? The theme parks are connected to the movies. Mm -hmm. The movies are connected to the merchandise and the characters. And and all of that is a big, gigantic circle because you watch the movie, then you want to go to the theme park, or you go to the theme park, then you want to watch the movie. And uh, this ferocious cycle of capitalism <laughs> overwhelms the youth. Yeah. Uh, and it took us over, too. 
mm-hmm. right? Like we were all up in we were all up in that business when we were kids, right? And they do a great job of that. But that you're right, man. That I don't know what I don't see the synergy there. And I'm not saying it wasn't there. I think there were are perks to having ESPN in in with Disney, but at the same time, I would love to see just one gigantic <laughs> sports only like outlet. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, you've seen this problem. Uh, Netflix is the reason that cable and like TV is the same now than yeah. it was like eight years ago. Everybody was complaining. I got to pay for this channel. <laughs> then I got to pay for this channel. Can you believe you got to pay for HBO? Like, it, what do you do now? It's the same thing. It's like a hundred and eighty bucks a month for all the services. Mm-hmm. Probably not even including cable. If you wanted live TV, if you wanted Netflix and HBO and Hulu and all that, I mean, I know there's packages, but like, God damn, dude, Paramount, Apple TV. What? How many more are there? Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen the new show on Apple TV? I didn't even know Apple came out with <laughs> their own whole thing. TV brand. Xfinity's got their own streaming service now. Peacock and all that stuff. FUBU. I mean, it, it is crazy. The same things happen in the car industry, Uber and taxis. Yeah. Same things happen in the real estate industry, Airbnb and hotels. It's just, I, it, here's my one caveat with Airbnbs. There's, there might be like a ginormous bubble. Oh, I think so. A ginormous. That, it, yeah, I, we were talking in our private group chat about real estate bubbles and that was the one thing in the back of my head that could that could happen. Yeah. And to sum up what I said, and I believe you somewhat agree with me, I don't foresee it, uh, not financial advice, and not I don't foresee um, a crazy bubble. I don't see the no. indicators of that. I don't either. The one thing that could tip it is that there was swaths of people buying properties for the sole purpose of short-term rentals, calculating their profits on these properties using short-term rental incomes, and then all of a sudden that dries up because people can't afford that stuff anymore. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on the short-term rental thing. I think the funniest part about it all is when you just, there's like, um, like take away any financial analysis on this. There's just one of those things when you see too many people in the market, you see too many people who really like shouldn't probably be investing in real estate doing it, you know there's probably a red flag. And I think we've gotten to the point where so many people, especially because rates were so low in 2020 and 2021, that just bought homes for the sole purpose of short-term rental, and they don't even know if that home or that rental will work out for a medium or long-term person at all, are just going to get completely screwed over. I blame them, though. I think your monthly payment on a 500K mortgage is like 2500 bucks a month. I know, which is insane. <laughs> you look at it It's now, crazy. It's a lot more, and- but yeah, dude, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, bro. It was people that you don't necessarily think would would be there. No. Are there. You know, I think if you look at investment vehicles and it's, you know, people who seem to have their head on straight and are pretty sharp making these, okay, you know, it seems like this is, this is the, right, the right move. But the second, everybody, there was a lot of people that, had questionable credentials. Very questionable. Yeah, dude, just buy a property and, you know, short-term rental it. 3000 a month. Yeah. I don't even do anything. I know. Two hours a month. <laughs> Automated cleaning service. And dude, the thing is, short-term rentals are probably the most cumbersome out of all the rentals in real estate because your turnover is much quicker. 
your quality of person living in your home most they really don't care about your home they're you you probably have to do more or save up more money for capex stuff or maintenance overall it's probably just not a good it's 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 not easy and it's not passive at all like there's a lot of work that goes into that so for people to think it's like just something where you can come in buy a home and oh yeah it's, it's just easy like you bring people in and out you got to market your property that's another thing like it's a lot different because now you gotta pay two grand for someone to take some nice pictures of your place. Pretty much. Five hundred bucks every time the cleaning ladies come. Mm-hmm. Like, fixing fixing windows, fixing doorknobs. I mean, there's just a it's a whole headache of things. I don't think I'd ever get into it to be honest with you. I I could see it if the place I had bought was not first for the purpose of being a short term rental, but ended up being in a unique spot. Yeah. Which is all to say if the opportunity was there. Yeah. If you're on the if you're on Miami Beach. Oh, you know. And you got a yeah. I can understand that. Two bedroom condo, I'm moving out. But like I don't sh- sell it. <laughs> no. Like Chicago and Wicker Park. Like how many people are really like looking for Airbnb or Airbnbs in Wicker Park? I'm sure there's a handful. Yeah. But I don't I just don't know. I will say there's seasonal crowds, right? The two crowds that are good for short-term rentals here are because our nurses because yeah. of the, because of the great hospitals we have mm-hmm. and interns summer interns right summer interns from out of state particularly that aren't from here yeah right you know the if you're only here for three months you're from new york you're from michigan or whatever and you get a three-month rental but that's for three months of the year, during the nicest time, honestly, anybody could want a short-term rental during that time. Yeah. I don't think anybody necessarily wants a short-term rental unless they have to have it because of this, the same situation I said before in February. <laughs> like, I don't. It's disgusting here. Yeah. Like, it, it, and I, I agree with you, man. It, it's tough. It, it's not. It's not like Miami Beach, but even in Miami Beach, how, how much can you charge until you charge like a hotel? And then why would I stay in a hotel? They make my bed. Mm-hmm. Give me my bed, free breakfast, like all that stuff. It, it, I agree. When I was in Puerto Rico this past weekend, um, went went with a bunch of family, and a lot of them were looking for places to stay. And from the general consensus I like got from most of them was that hotels are much more are a much more affordable option out there mm-hmm. over Airbnb now. And the thing about Airbnb is some of the stuff you mentioned. You have to bring your own food. You have to cook for yourself. You don't get room service at 12 uh, at midnight when you are really hungry and you want a snack. You don't get your room clean for you. You have to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like it's getting to that point where I think the alternative option is starting to look feasible again. And in 2020, that just wasn't the case. And so I, I agree. I think that that industry well, we'll have to see what happens in the next year. Um, but even regulations are getting a lot stricter on it. I don't know. Short-term rentals are just not well, for me right now. Think about this. All of these, and, and we follow guys like Ben Mala and stuff, all these guys have been buying up these hotels that are failing. Because COVID, COVID did, you know, blow up a lot of service businesses, and those are now selling for pennies on the dollar. And all of a sudden, I don't need to charge 350 a night per room. I can charge 220 And all of a sudden, boom, that's a profitable business. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I agree with you, man. I think we'll see in the next couple of years, but that market might be a bit overblown. Agreed. 100% agreed. 
also more people moved out of Miami than moved out of like. Did you see that? Like I was like Cleveland, Ohio, and like, like or, or even like here, like here. You know we have oh, we have that thing every year. People have been. I feel, I swear, people have been <laughs> moved out of Chicago for uh, yeah. 10, 10, 15 years now. That you would think the whole population has left, but yeah. they haven't. Um, but people in Miami have been moving out of Miami pretty fast. I'm really excited to see the next Census Bureau when it comes out. Um, uh, well, yeah, we got a time. We got a lot of time for that. Is it every? Ten. It's every ten. ten. I thought it was like one. I thought it was like every four. I think the Census Bureau does stuff every couple years. Is it every? No, it's got to be at least. Because I thought 2020 was the most recent one. But I could have swore there was something in 2016. Okay. Uh, well, check. Fact check me. I think it's a lot sooner. Taken. Every 10 years. Really? The U.S. Census Bureau conducts the census to determine the number of people living in the United States. On April 1st. I wish they, done, I wish they did that more often. I think they should, but also quite the task. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know if you've ever had, you know, we were kids when you know it kind of happened but and i mean even in 2020 no one like did you get a form did you have to fill something out or i filled something out in 2020 i i remember filling something out too and i also remember i think someone came to our house because you guys didn't fill it out possibly yeah and we talked to someone with a clipboard and i really wasn't present for that conversation but i'm almost positive they were from the census bureau they go hard man they do they don't they they, they don't mess about and that decides a lot. It do, dude, a that lot. It decides electoral votes. It mm-hmm. decides county lines. It decides school districts. It just—I mean, school districts get assessed every year, but like, it—it it, it decides a lot of things. It does. And, and if people are displaced for whatever reason for a short period of time when that census is taken, it could significantly, significantly skew things. But yeah, man, I'm super, super interested uh, because I think. I think the data is going to be all over the place. I agree. I think, I think everybody's going to have moved everywhere. And, you know, for all you know, you know, Florida might not be anything in like eight years. I'm not talking about the environment. I'm just talking about real estate and like where people are at. For all we know, people could be in Wyoming. And you think I'm crazy. Like maybe it looks crazy. Why would any why would large swaths of people move to Wyoming? I don't know. Things like that just happen. For yeah. Beyond that we know. So. You know where, fun fact, you know where home prices shot up the most in the month of June? Idaho? Close. Spokane, Washington. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Spokane was number one, and then there was somewhere in Texas number two. But that just goes to show you that people are looking for alternative options, man. Yeah. People are going everywhere. Yeah, and I don't think the whole, I don't. I don't think the whole work from home thing is dead, and I think people have still been uh, been able to adapt. So I don't doubt Spokane, Washington's next. Yeah. Um, it is beautiful. I looked up pictures after that. I was like, "What the fuck is Spokane, Washington? Yeah. It's a beautiful place. It's it is. Dude, you know how expensive it is. Dude? It's almost like flying to England to fly to Seattle. It's that it's, bad. It's so expensive to fly to Seattle. But like six bills. So yeah, like that's not yeah. It's, it's like three fifty to fly to L.A. <laughs> You see how cheap Miami flights are right now? $66 on Spirit <laughs> round trip. Yeah. But no, but for Americans, it's like 120 So I just pay that and call it a day, dude. Are we doing this? Fucking hit Miami. Quick little weekend trip. I'm honestly, I'm not opposed. In like a month or 
I, I feel like we should go when it gets a bit colder. We should go in like February. Yeah, we I'm totally down. Go in February. Just a weekend trip. I don't think you need to be in Miami for a week. I don't think I would live survive <laughs> the week. I think three days is enough. Yeah. We did four nights in Vegas. I almost died. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was. That was. I woke up after 12 hours of sleep, and it felt like I had slept for 30 minutes. <laughs> I could have done a couple more nights of that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was running off pure adrenaline, but I could have I could have done two more nights for sure. I was ready to go that Monday when we left. I was like, dude, let's get... <laughs> Good luck, Ace. I ran that I ran that game to the buzzer, so yeah. I, was, I was satisfied. I know. But I, I'm going back, so... When are you, you going with Tuttle? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fuck. I'm going for a while, too. <laughs> Whole week? Uh, Oh, you're going, you're uh, visiting your buddy. That's right. I forgot about that. that. I'm trying to see what I want to do out west. I'm out there. Wish the bullet train was out there for you, man. So you could, uh, it's a three and a half hour drive. It's not bad. A $80 flight (laughs) to LA or Phoenix. It's easy. It's easy work. Yeah. That's rent a car. Just hit the, I don't know. I can't do that. I hate road trips. I hate driving long distances. Yeah. I, I, I always think in my head, oh man, you know, a nice like road trip out west. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I hate driving in a car for more than 45 minutes. Yeah. So it, yeah, we'll probably be flying everywhere. Okay, fair enough. That's dope though. You have any spots you want to hit specifically in LA? Honestly, dude, if I was gonna do LA, the whole thing, like I want to yeah. hit the Hollywood sign. I want to hit the walk. Skid Row. I mean, see, it all. see some see some druggies. I want to go to Venice Beach. Venice Beach is beautiful. You'll see some druggies just in a different way. <laughs> yeah. On steroids. Yeah, pretty much. But you know, I do want to hit yeah Venice Beach and Malibu is beautiful. Like kind of like what you did, right? Like you, you just went around, like went around the hills, went to the nice area. Yeah, Calabasas. Just checked. See it. Just see it. Tried getting into the gate for ga- uh, Drake's crib and like Kylie Jenner's little community. I couldn't do that. Um, that'd be cool. Just get in there. to the city <laughs> oh my god dude la is sick i went there in 2019 right before covid and it's just i can understand why people live there like i hear all this stuff about the homeless problem it is a problem it's very bad i hear all of this stuff about the traffic problem the traffic problem is atrocious i've spent time in it but brother it is 70 degrees all year round you got the mountains in the background. You've got the beach in front of you. You've got probably, it's the second biggest city in the United States of America. It is home to all the stars and all the celebrities. There is stuff to do there Dude, you know every single night. California is a state to be like a top 10 country GDP. I know, which is crazy. Like, that's nuts. I know. Country. That's Dude. nuts. <laughs> Bro, electoral votes too. Like, pretty much, you, you, you win California, Texas. In Florida. I mean, and you pretty much almost seal the deal. I mean, listen, which is nuts. You won California and Texas. Tex- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you won, bro. Yeah, yeah. You won anyway. You somehow convinced the most liberal and the most conservative vote for you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. deserve it. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. Take the dub. Yeah. But uh, not to get too deep in the election, but I'm glad we got some other candidates popping up. I'm happy Maybe about it. Seeing RFK popping up a lot. Got a, he's got a lot to say. He's got mm-hmm. an interesting story. 
we got Vivek on the other side. Mm. Like oh, yeah. Coming up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's your boy. Is he red? He's red, but I'm, I'm still impartial on the whole thing. I'm still watching. I want to see both sides duke it out. Agreed. You know, I want to see RFK duke it out with, with Biden, which apparently he's not doing debates. I don't know if he's doing debates or not. Apparently Trump's not doing debates either, but I at least want to see... I think that's soft. I at least want to see... Sorry. Uh, I think there's something behind that. I just think it's soft, there's bro. Some, there's some, like, old-age political thing behind that. I uh. have no idea. But I want to see Vivek and uh, Ron battle it out. Ronnie boy. Man, you know, I was... Uh, I don't like getting too political on this podcast, but I guess I will for this. I... When I first heard of DeSantis, I did really like a lot of his policy. I thought he did a really good job. But this was this was in the middle of COVID. Right. right. This is uh, this is all during COVID. You know, Florida's economy. We all know how it's boomed over the past three years. Yeah. And just for pretty much that reason alone, I was like, this guy's doing a pretty good job. He's a younger governor, so he's he he. I don't know. It just feels better because we've we've had kind of these older presidents and governors the last few years. Right. So I was really happy with his stuff. And then, I don't know, this presidential run, it's almost like he's sabotaging himself. <laughs> Dude, because, like, I keep seeing bad headlines. every story, though, gets worse. I, I know. And it ha- the campaign hasn't really, like, they haven't even voted. They haven't had the first no. primary in Iowa yet. So it's, it's really interesting to me. I don't know if it's, like, I, politics is a complete game, and anyone who thinks otherwise is oh, yeah. delusional, but... I don't, dude. There's gotta be something behind like the stuff he's been saying recently because lately I've been completely off his train, um, and I don't know what it is. I there's gotta be some force in the background playing their cards right, um, but just like you said, bro, I feel like we haven't had any real options the past decade. I just want to see some fights go down. I, I agree. Want, I want to see some action. You know what I mean. And guys who think. Guys who are more bipartisan, like RFK, who are like, listen, you're conservative, you're a liberal, but where can we meet in the middle? I I mean, we're talking about statistics here. On a conservative aspect, right, let's just say a third are Democrats, a third are Republicans, a third are in the middle, right? So basically, it's up for grabs every time. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much up for grabs every time. I know we say it looks super divided, and... You know, I genuinely think it's up for grabs every time. I mean, literally, it's it's flip-flopped the past two, removing all people aside. You know, it it, I, I, it matters. It does. It matters more than we think it does. So I, 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 and I think in 2016, all of the debates were fiery. Like, people, but that's, that's the thing. That's the reason voters, votership has gone up the past two elections, right? People, regular people have tuned in, mm. and they've actually cared. So I think I think this one matters more than 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 the last two did. Agreed. And it's a year away, so we'll see who. Uh, I I really am excited to see who wins the primary. The uh, are the most fun. I know, cause it's like it's still at that at that point at the primary, it's neck and neck. People are like clawing for that top dog spot. And they're fighting each other, right? Mm-hmm. The funny part. They fight each other, and then maybe a few months later, they're on the same side. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh, this is my guy. I know, I know. I called his wife a uh, whatever, but <laughs> it's like but uh, we were, we, we we're buddies were, now." We were growing, we were 
digging personal <laughs> dirt. On yeah. We got a staff to just dig dirt on the other side for months. <laughs> and two weeks later, we're clanking glasses of champagne together. I mean, hey, that's like you said, bro, it's a, it's a gigantic game mm-hmm. over there. So it, 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 I went down. Uh, what do you think about, uh, we talked a little bit about DeSantis. What do you think about Newsom? I haven't heard much from his side. Me either. I know, you know, it, in terms of, I think he caught equal flack as uh, DeSantis did just in the reverse because of the California restrictions and such. But I haven't heard, I thought it was more like it was Biden and RFK. But it, unless I'm wrong, I haven't seen any, I didn't know. I think in the, in the polls, Gavin Newsom still. Oh, he's up there? Yeah, I think he's still favored over RFK. RFK? He's like plus 400. RFK is maybe plus 7. I mean, to be fair, this could be a situation where like neither one of the two that I mentioned I mean, end, dude, up, end up up there because they literally came from zero. We all know what happened in 2016 yeah, on the I mean, red side. I mean, I mean, and, yeah, exactly. Trump came out of nowhere, bro. And of, but that, but like, I mean, I, I'm associating both of them with more like an Andrew Yang than, an, than a Donald Trump. Because sure. the thing is, is, right, no one knew who Andrew Yang Mm-hmm. No, and to be fair, Vivek Ramaswamy ran a multi-billion-dollar company, but the general public didn't know about him before he ran for president. And to be fair, I don't think the general public knew much about RFK because of his whole like his, his censorship battle, right? Everybody knew who Trump was. Yeah, that's the difference. Is Trump was already like this celebrity with a show and all that other stuff. These guys came out of nowhere, which is why they're more like Andrew Yang than. They are like Trump. Now, if, like, The Rock decided to go run for president, I think we're dealing with the same. <laughs> I agree. And I know we've been hearing these rumors for years. I would love, love for, like, one, like, just two celebrities. Just go run. Duke it out. Yeah. yeah. Just go run for president. Proof, proof that the whole job is done behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Have Arnold get back up there. Yeah. And, and, and you, I think, did you suggest for me to watch that documentary? No, not oh, the Arnold one. Did. I thought it was great, by the way. Mm. Uh, it goes through all of it. It's bodybuilding, governor, Austria, actor, all of that. Austria, all, right. all that stuff. But yeah, get Arnold up there to duke it out with the Rock, and then bench press after. <laughs> yeah. And, and we could we could have some fun with this. Yeah. We could bring TV back. Dude, I, I really think The Rock is like the best prototype celebrity for the role. Anyway, he's so PC, but everybody loves him. He's got all these really popular brands. Yeah. He he speaks the he speaks really like he's a very good very speaker. Spoken, yes. I I think he'd be a dark horse. I feel like a lot of people would vote for him, man, more than people would think. I know he's not going to do it. He's been on the record to say he would never. Yeah. But um yeah, man, that'd be that'd be a funny election. Get the rock in there. Rock 2024. Rocky. But I um I guess the you covered the main thing that I think we were going to talk about today was, was Barstool. Yeah. I, the only thing I did want to say on that was I hope Dana White somehow finds a way to get his business back. <laughs> Dana runs that show, too. He does. And honestly, I think... He doesn't own... He's not majority no, he, owner? He, no, he sold it for $3 billion. Really? When? Endeavor Group. Recently? Like 20, 2021. And then they just did a massive deal with ESPN. Too. I don't know if ESPN got equity or not, but uh, he sold he sold his him and the Fertitas brothers sold their stake to Endeavor Group. I think he has some role, but I don't 
I don't know the terms of that. I thought he was still running the ship. He runs. He yes, he runs the operation. Uh, but he's not. He just got paid out. Uh, okay. Billionaire, right? So good for the guy, yeah. Not like he not like he could buy it back. He could not do he could go retire. He could do whatever he wants. I love Dana White, man. But the thing is, look at look at how much he's grown the business since he sold it. Like he's already made the billions of dollars. He doesn't even you know, he's not Bearing the the fruits of the profits that he's putting in, he's putting his blood, sweat, and tears in that company. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that guy's still working 60, 70 hour weeks. Oh, for sure. He's still grinding. He yeah. made a billion dollars. He he strikes me as a guy who couldn't ever retire. I just I, I give a lot of props to that bro because honestly, it's tough. If you made three billion dollars and your motivation to work that hard is still there, like bro, like you're savage. Like, yeah. I I I, gen- I see it all the time too. With Older guys that we knew that got money and they just stopped. It's different. Uh, that brings up a really good point. I was listening to a podcast with Cody Sanchez the other day. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of her content. She's really good for those of you who like like entrepreneurship. And um, she's a female, which I think is dope. And she's you know, she owns a ton of business. She's basically a small private equity shop. But she said that this one guy she knew, who was in that category you know, up there in the hundred of millions of dollars. And he said, when, when somebody goes over their 199th million dollar, that really they kind of lose touch with reality. Because once you cross that threshold, you can pretty much afford anything you want or need ever in your life. And so a lot of people, once they get past that threshold, it simply becomes about the game of business. Because besides that, there's nothing else really motivating you at that point. Crazy. Right, because you can buy no, anything. Money. You could buy an island. Yeah, money is literally no object. It's it's no object to you at that point. So these guys who get to the billion dollars, what a lot of people don't realize is, it's obviously the hardest thing to do, because so few people actually get there. But the other thing is like these guys, for those of you who think it's about the money for them, for most of them it's not. It's really just about the game of business and winning. But even even at the level they're at, it hasn't been about the money for so. No, that's what I'm exactly. Yeah, bro, that's a good point. And I think I saw this clip of Kevin O'Leary where he was uh, explaining where he's like, my first million was harder than from one to 50. Everyone says that, man, and I can't wait to get there. And he, yeah, I know. Because, like, I just want to feel what that, yeah. Like, I'm, I get what, I get the premise, though. It would make sense to me making your first mill is harder than your first 50. To me, it's hard to fathom, though, the feeling. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. telling me that that's harder than going from 1 to 50? Oh, you mean you can't lease out a, a brand new Lamborghini and rent it out on a monthly basis? Oh, you can't do that? Oh, I thought that was easy. Your payments are $3,000. Oh. Your repairs are $25,000. Gosh, I thought that was... Oh, I saw that on TikTok. Bro, have you seen how much oil changes are for Mercedes? No. Like Is it bad? Like $300. Dude. Fuck, that's my dream car too, by the way. I, I love a Mercedes. I just think it's such a classy car. That or the Aston Martin James Bond car. Damn, my boy. We got to get you a couple hundred mil before you be pulling the trigger on the ass. Yeah. God damn. Uh, about hundred mil? I think that's a hundred fifty thousand dollar car. No, you could, you could do you could do. How about this? A, a millionaire. You're a millionaire. You could splurge. I think you could buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar car if you're. It depends though. That's the that's the other thing. It's the trap, bro. There's a huge trap. I was having a 
great discussion with a friend uh, earlier this week, and I was warning him of this just gigantic trap that exists for people. It, it's unreal, and it's not. It has nothing to do. It, the only person to blame is, is is human nature. It's who we are. Like you grind your ass off, you made nothing for years, and now all of a sudden you make three hundred k. Let's say, right? Um, and the issue is that lifestyle creep. Like the long story short is that <laughs> <laughs> the long story short is that is that lifestyle creep, bro. And I broke it down. I was like, you know, this is what happens. Like you get this car, and that's two thousand a month. Then you get this condo because it's dope condo, and like, fuck it, right? Like, no, I'm serious. I broke it down. Like this is what's going through your head. And it's like, oh well. I mean, like, then let's just say you go to the club twice a week uh, or twice a month, right? And then you're like, well, I mean, I. We'll go on a couple vacations. So you go on five, six, you know, mini vacations every year, and 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 it's like I'm like, you have ten thousand left. Yeah. And I said, you know, when you make eighty and you were saving every penny, you had ten, fifteen thousand left. And it's like you're in the same spot. You're in the exact same spot, mm-hmm. and that's the problem because you make all this money, but really don't because of all the, the, the lenders that you got and all yeah. the monthly payments that you got to make. So I think that there, the amount of millionaires that I've met that don't look like that are more than the people who flash all the Rolexes and have the yeah. nice chains. Agreed. The, the guy, the unbelievable amount of millionaires drive a Honda. Mm-hmm. You know? Those are the guys you want to be in the circle with anyway, though. Yeah, but the thing is, is how hard it, how much discipline do you need to be to have five million in the bank and still not buy a dope car? To be honest with you, bro, if I'm sitting at five million, and you can't, you, I'm, you can't I'm, go buy a dope car. You stick with like the, the Honda, the Toyota Camry. <laughs> nice car. It's a nice. I know. I, I He's think. A billionaire in that car. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know what I've I've never felt for me personally that the brand or the status of something was ever going to help my one reputation but two life my per- the, the perception others have of me. Right. I never ever felt that way so to me like I could understand somebody having $5 million in the bank and wanting to buy a Lambo. Right. But like, for me, I just have never, I feel like I've never thought about that that way. And also I've been a huge proponent of like saving your money and investing smart and, you know, taking care of your own finances and getting to the next level, all this stuff. And I feel like for me, if I was at 5 million, whatever I was doing was working. So I'd want to push it to whatever the next level was. Because to me, like, even $5 million, I know it's going to sound crazy, but $5 million doesn't sound like a ton of money to me. It's, a, it's an unbelievable amount of money. I know. And that's the thing. Like, it's just the way my brain works, it just it still seems small. I, I, and maybe that's, like, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> maybe that's a fucking issue. Because, like, hopefully, and I, I believe one day I'll get there, but maybe that's a problem. I, I don't know. I don't 
think that that is necessarily a problem. You're not saying it like you already have all this money. No. Oh, oh. Not even so close. What's five million? That's not. That's not what you're saying. It's more like you. You envisioned more than five. Yeah, I think so, and I think everybody should. Right. Right. That. And that. And that. That's a lot different. Than than the reverse, and I think sure. I just. It's hard to quantify because you haven't seen it. You don't it's also know what true. It, we don't know what it feels like. We don't know what that feels like or how hard that was to get. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to actually the beginning of the podcast was is this reality of all this money is a lot. It's a lot less and rare than people think. Not to say it's not possible, but it's way more rare. And if you think some drop shipping business is going to get you there, <laughs> you're as dumb as the guy you sold it to. Yeah. But how you feel? I'm feeling good. Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 82 of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti Show. Brought to you live from Chicago, Illinois. Follow us on the IG TikTok threads. At T H E S H E D D Y S H O W. DM Shiv, DM me. Let us know what you liked about the podcast. I noticed a lot of people want more guests on the poll. That was the highest voted. Hit us up. So hit us up if you want to be on. We should have, we have some availability. So if you want to be on, hit us up. Let us know. Look at our, look at our guest list, okay? We, we, we are we're diverse. Yes, we're a diverse podcast for the people, by the people. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of politics, for holy the, shit! For the people, by the people. Kapoor right. for Naperville, twenty twenty four. Take take a snapshot of your life and just understand that in fifteen years you'll be able to show everybody this random snapshot you were in your life. And guess what? I believe, and most of you are gonna come up and come up big. Mm-hmm. When you make it fucking big, you're going to look back at this. Because guess what? Most people don't record anything. They don't. And I'm not knocking it. We didn't record things for a long time. We still don't record as much as we should. It, it, it's everybody. Unless your name's fucking Gary Vee. But we're not talking about him. <laughs> and you're going to look back in 15 years and be like, that was dope. Because guess what? I ran into our, and I'll shout, shout him out, shout out Reese. Yeah. I ran a Reese on the train, one of our old guests. We talked about engineering and and subways and cool stuff. Cool stuff about how you get around every single day. And he was like, you know what, man? That was dope. That was dope. And I was like, hell yeah, it was. <laughs> and honestly, that, that that's a good moment for us. When we, we hear pe- guests come back and they're like, oh, man, that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was good. But we, want, we want that for you, too. So hit us up. There's not one guest... Who has left this podcast without asking to run it back at some future date. Not one. Correct. So just keep that in mind. Thank you all. Have a (laughs) good night.